ta guesse. What is your level in the prophetic? Hallelujah. So suffice it to say that those of us who were not in that service, when we spoke about levels of the prophetic, we said there are three major levels of the prophetic. The first level, which every child of God who is born by grace through faith must operate at and must utilize that grace the more, is what we call the level of faith. Where you make proclamations, you make declarations of your faith and get results with your faith at that level. There may not be any revelation. In fact, there is no revelation at that level. And yet, when you speak, what you decree comes to pass. The distance between the realm of the spirit and the realm of the physical, you can translate things from the realm of the spirit to the realm of the physical only by your words. Somebody say, by my words. Say, by my words. How to translate what is in the spirit into the physical is through our words. So, a child of God who is not in the business of speaking out his faith is likely to limit himself. Yes, you are in the kingdom, but you may not enjoy your rights and privileges because you are not using your tongue aright. That is why it's good to know the word of God for yourself. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Make you free. So the level of faith, all of us belong to that level. And we are supposed to use that level to achieve greater results for ourselves. The second level is the level of the gift of prophecy, which some have and some do not have. And then the third level is the gift of or, or the level of the office of the prophet. Hallelujah. That is not my message this morning. But I believe that if we have attended to that message, and even if you are not in that message, and you have been following our messages since the onset, I mean, of this ministry, since we began, I believe that you might have achieved a certain level of faith that you can use to produce some results in your life. Particularly, when we said that this year 2018 is the year of the prophetic someone say 2018 the year of the prophetic we established some months ago that when we say the prophetic we simply mean the will of god someone say the will of god meaning that in this year of the prophetic it is the will of god that you and i by the close of the year we should be able to assess ourselves and realize that oh the will of god for my spiritual life has been achieved the will of god for my marital life has been achieved the real will of god concerning my business my finances my health my investments my relationships my academic life and every area of my life has been achieved are you there it was when the lord began giving me the scriptures concerning this message what is your level in the prophetic then i understood that oh god meant to say that having come this far in the year of the prophetic this is midway through the year is that right we are in june today is 10th june so we are halfway through the year of the prophetic it is time for assessment someone say assessment i believe those of us who have been to the university uh or any tertiary institution you know that during the semester, we have what we call interim assessment, where you are assessed at the mid-term. You are assessed based on all that you have been taught to see whether you have gotten the knowledge or not. And it usually carries about 30%. Hallelujah. And that's good. That 30% can carry you very far. If you miss that 30%, you can, you can bomb easily. Praise the Lord. So this morning, we are doing interim assessment. Someone say interim assessment. I don't know how you're going to achieve 
God's will for your life, for your spiritual life, for your career, for your health, for your marriage, your relationships, your business, your career, your finances, your investments, every area of your life. I don't know how you're going to achieve it if you do not take time to assess yourself how far you have come midway through the year of the prophetic. I don't know. So the Lord knows why he gave us this message at this time so that we all can use the scriptures he has given me to assess ourselves. Because you will discover from this message that there are actually two basic levels when it comes to this message. And I'm dealing with either stronger in the prophetic or weaker in the prophetic. Tell your neighbor, you are either stronger in the prophetic or weaker in the prophetic. In other words, you are either at a place where you have utilized your faith use your faith use the knowledge of god's word to produce the resource of god in the area of his will for your life you are either stronger in it or you are weaker today you will find your level i said you will find your level you will know from the scriptures whether you are stronger or you are weaker and if you are stronger it can only get stronger if you are weaker you can come to the place of strength so nobody will be disadvantaged today somebody say amen because i believe that God wants us to achieve great testimonies by the close of this year. The testimonies have already begun. If God permits, from next week, Sunday, 17th, into 24th uh, of, of June, we will start sharing testimonies in this house. You'll be amazed. Testimonies have already started. Hallelujah. So people will be given the opportunity to come and share their wonderful testimonies to encourage others as to what they have achieved as far as the prophetic is concerned as far as the will of God is concerned. You identify that some have achieved the will of God already in their finances, in their health, in their marriage, in their business, in their career, and you are the next to share your testimony. So this morning, permit me to ask you to draw those of us who are writing. You can what we call just a pose. That is to to put two. Uh, let's say you put stronger here and then weaker here and as i as i bring out the scriptures we will identify the weaker levels and then the stronger levels and then we'll be itemizing them under stronger and under weaker please are you getting me in other words we'll be laying them side by side we'll compare notes and then you identify whether you are stronger in the prophetic or you're weaker in the prophetic the first scripture we're going to look at is hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 through 14 Hebrews the book of Hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 through 14 can I read alright Paul writing said though he was a son talking about Jesus Christ though he was a son yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Verse 10. Called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Verse 12. For though by this time, please take note, we are in the middle of the year. He said, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have 
come to need milk and not solid food. Verse 13 says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Somebody say amen to the reading of God's word. Wonderful things are described in these verses of scripture. The first thing we identify should be in verse 12. Verse 12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, so under stronger, we are just opposing stronger with weaker. Under stronger, can you kindly, those who are writing, write under it teacher. Someone say teacher. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. What does scripture mean by first principles of the oracles of God? He's talking about the fundamentals, which ever since this ministry started, I should think and believe that we have dealt with almost all the fundamental principles apart from two. And by the grace of God, in July, we will deal with those two as well. If you read the next chapter, Hebrews chapter 6, you will discover the first principles. Talking about repentance from dead works and, you know, and faith towards God. And then doctrine of baptisms, doctrine of laying on of hands. And then talking about um, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. We have not dealt with resurrection of the dead, though we have spoken about it in passing. We have not dealt with eternal judgment yet. But in July, by the grace of God, the Lord will lead us to handle those subjects as well. Is that okay? But Paul is telling the Hebrew church that look, at this time you ought to be teachers, yet you need someone to teach you the fundamentals. When we say fundamentals, in our academic sector, we, we're dealing with the primary, or even before the primary, we have what? The nursery. Hmm? The nursery, is that right? The kindergarten. So Paul is saying that look, you ought to be teachers by now, but even after now, you are dull of hearing, so you still need someone to teach you the basics. So, we won't even call these ones students. We'll call them what? People. Is that right? Will you call them students? That's not a student. That's a people. That is a baby, an infant who is not learning. So, you are either under stronger we have teacher and the weaker put people. P-U-P-I-L. Pupil. Pupil. That word. Pupil. Alright. Have you gotten it? Alright. Now, you look at verse 12 again. He said, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. So, you realize that under stronger, we have the one who is in the prophetic who feeds on solid food. Under stronger, right? Feeds on solid food. Feeds on what? Solid food. And under weaker, the person feeds on milk. I want you to identify your level. As we are going, you identify whether you belong to the stronger or the weaker. And if you are the weaker, it is not too late. You can climb up. Hallelujah. Because God wants you to use your faith to achieve something this year. The will of God will be done in your life. I'm prophesying to someone that said the will of God will be done in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Are you there? So, you have written number two. Feeds on solid food. That is the stronger and then the weaker feeds on milk. Alright. 
Then verse 13 says that for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. There's something called the word of righteousness. Maybe as we move to other verses of scripture, you will discover what I mean by the word of righteousness. The one who uses only milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Sometimes, when we say someone is unskilled, have you seen an unskilled driver before? Someone who is learning how to drive. I'm telling you, it's not easy. If you know how to drive, you will take for granted. But if you are learning how to drive, that is when you know that the thing can make you sweat. Hey! Something that you are supposed to just change to first and come to second, the person will be sweating and all the drivers around will be doing bah, 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 sweating. The person is unskilled in driving. Likewise, when someone is a baby in Christ, he's unskilled in the word of righteousness. He doesn't even understand that righteousness that comes by God through faith. He doesn't understand it. He combines both the righteousness of the law and the righteousness by God through faith. He just messes the whole thing up. He's unskilled. So we have under stronger we have skillful in the word of righteousness under stronger so number three under stronger we have skillful in the word of righteousness and then under weaker just opposing it with the weaker we have unskilled in the word of righteousness please have you done that verse 14 okay even the last line of verse 13 says that for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe who is a babe that's an infant a babe is a naive inexperienced person someone say naive and inexperienced that's a babe an infant one who feeds on milk one who cannot even talk well a lot of the troubles that we have brought upon ourselves is simply because we don't know how to use our tongue to chart our course your tongue according to scripture is the steering wheel of your life and it says death and life are in the power of the tongue so if a child of god is not filled with the word of god bible says that out is that what um what is the scripture uh, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks when the word of god has not filled your heart it is likely that something else will come out of you when you talk did you get the other point? That's why it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When you are rich with the word of God and they press you, it's like a foam. If you soak foam in oil and you squeeze it, will water come out of it? What will come out of it? It's oil. If you soak foam in kerosene and you squeeze it, will, will petrol come out of it? It is kerosene that will come out of it. It is your content that will come out when you are under pressure. For many of us, we reveal our true self when we are under pressure. We, we reveal that indeed the word of God has no place in our heart. Under pressure, we begin to say things that become a trap. Bible says, Thou art snared with the words of your mouth. Your own words can become a trap. Your own words can stop you from moving on. Why? Because you are unskilled in the right use of your tongue. And that's a babe, the one who feeds on milk, who drives forward. And then just when he's about to get to his destination, he drives backwards. So he never goes anywhere. Hallelujah. So a babe is an infant, a naive, inexperienced person. But we also have look at look at the next line. You will see the, the, the just opposed word. Verse 14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is a mature. That is those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and 
and evil. Somebody say, full of age. So, number four, we have those who are full of age and are stronger. And then, under weaker, we have a babe. B-A-B-G. Not a babe, you. A babe. Somebody say, babe. In America, it's a slang which refers to, you know, a young girl. No, baby, baby. But we are dealing with a naive and experienced person. Hallelujah. Somebody following? So, so far, we have teacher people. Then we have the one who feeds on solid food and are stronger. And the one who feeds on milk. We have skillful in the word of righteousness. And then we have unskilled in the word of righteousness. Then number four, we have identified that the stronger in the level of the prophetic is full of age. He's mature. And then the weaker is a babe. Have you identified yourself so far? Say, you will know yourself today. Tell yourself, I will know myself today. Alright. There's a word that was used in the last verse. Verse 14. Okay. That will help us identify another level. Look at that word. It said, but solid food, verse 14 of Hebrews 5. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is those who by reason of use. Some say by reason of use. There is something about experience. The more you use something, the more you become experienced. Including even driving. When you start, you may not be that experienced. But as the more you drive, a day will come when you even use your, your little finger of your left hand. Just close your eyes and be turned around. Because you are now what? Skillful. Experience has come. So solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses. Which senses is scripture talking about here? Your spiritual senses. Have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Listen, there is something called spiritual senses. Just like we have physical senses. Your physical senses are your sense of sight, your sense of hearing, your sense of taste, your sense of smell, and then your sense of feeling. These physical senses give us an idea of what the true spiritual senses are. Meaning that in the realm of the spirit, we also have sense of sight, sense of hearing, sense of taste, sense of smelling, and sense of feeling. What we call feeling in the physical, spiritually, or scripturally, we call it discernment. Some say discernment. Where you can sense that this is evil, this is good. You can, to discern means to be able to discriminate, to be able to tell the difference, to be able to decipher, this is right, this is wrong. You just sense that there is evil coming some, from somewhere. Listen, discernment is not the same as suspicion. Take note. Suspicion stems from the flesh, but discernment stems from the spirit. Can I say that again? I said, discernment is not, a, they look alive, but they are not the same. Discernment is not the same as suspicion. Suspicion is from the flesh where the person lives in fear. So he's always suspecting. I suspect, I suspect. No, we don't live by suspicion. We live, we live by discernment. Discernment is from the spirit. It is born of the Holy Spirit. So you just know that today, you can just wake up. Bible says it's our spirit that knows. What man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him. So your spirit can know. You can discern. Just like you can say, I feel that trouble is coming. Likewise, in the realm of the spirit, you can sense that today, as I go for this interview, one, two, three people are going to meet me. These are the questions they're going to ask and these are the answers I'm going to give. Are you there? You can discern. And if you have used your faith, utilize your faith, exercise your faith, you will be building discernment. If you don't use your faith, if you don't use the word of God, the word you have received, if you don't act upon it, if you don't do the word of God, I'm telling you, 
Do you know where you can fall to? You will see it in, in the next scripture. Ephesians 4.14 will tell us the next, the next, the just opposed word that goes with discernment. Let me show you in Ephesians 4.14. So we are laying discernment under stronger. So you can write the, the, the stronger has discernment. You can say he has discernment or she has discernment. But let's look at what happens when you don't have discernment. Ephesians 4 verse 14. Ephesians 4.14 says that we should no longer be children. The word children here is the Greek word nepio. It's plural. Nepio. The singular is nepios. And nepio is or and the pills is an infant, one who feeds on milk, one who is unskilled in the word of righteousness, one who is a babe. He says that we should henceforth, after we have come a long way in this year of the prophetic, I hear the spirit say that we should henceforth be no more nepios, still feeding on milk, still waiting for someone to you know tell us what is right and what is wrong. Are you there? We cannot continue in this year of the prophetic. By still feeding on milk. So the Lord is telling us that, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Everything you just follow. Every teaching you just follow. Everything you just swallow wholesale. He says don't do that. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I like the King James the King James um, portion of this particular scripture. Let me just read the King James of Ephesians uh, 4.14 for you. Let me just show you Ephesians 4.14 from the King James Bible. He says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Someone said they lie in wait to deceive. So they just oppose word with Discernment is what? Deception. Some say deception. And the stronger you write discernment, and the weaker you write deception. The one who is a babe, who is unskilled in the word of righteousness, can swallow everything. I have said in this house before that deception is a mixture of truth and error. It depends on which one is of greater magnitude. If truth is more than error, the deception is said that it takes stronger discernment for you to identify that ah, this thing that this man said, there's some error somewhere. But if the error is more than the truth, I'm telling you, that one you can easily identify. Ah, what this man is saying is error. Oh, it's, it's not even error, it's actually deception. Ah, you can easily identify it. Outright error is different from outright truth. And I believe prophetically that in this end time, God is going to separate truth from error. Just as he will separate the church from this world in the rapture. Somebody say amen. Yeah, it will happen. You will know. That is why he says that we henceforth be no more children. If we are going to achieve God's dream for us as an end time army, we cannot be infants still feeding on milk, still tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, every wind of teaching. Any strange teaching can just carry you. Today they say that bring your mommy's hair. If you're going to get prosperity, then you, you go, mommy, I just want your hair. I cut your hair. It's strange doctrine. Every wind just blows you. That we henceforth be no more nepios. Feeding on milk. Breastfeeding. Being fed, spoon fed. We henceforth be no more nepios. To 
tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, carried about by the slide of mind, men, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. They lie. Look, the whole thing is programmed is in such a way that somebody can preach from the pulpit and the thing is not truth. But he has missed truth and error just to deceive so that he can keep having a following. May God give us discernment. May you not be, may you not fall trapped to any form of deception because the end is near. Hallelujah. That is why the Lord is asking us, have, I mean, what is your level in the prophetic? You are either at the level of discernment or at the level of deception. Say, I refuse to stay at the level of deception. I walk with discernment. One day, by the grace of God, we will teach on discernment as a whole subject. It's a broad subject. You'll be amazed how you can cultivate discernment. For instance, I have taught before, last year, in the course of our services, I taught that the Lord will regulate your joy and your peace depending on where you are in the will of God. Are you there? It's not all of us who may see visions. It's not all of us who may have dreams. It's not all of us who may have a prophetic word spoken of our lives. But if you are a child of God and you have received the Holy Spirit and you live in the word of God, these two things, you are a child of God, number one, you have received the Holy Spirit, so you have fellowship or communion with the Holy Spirit and then you feed on God's word because just like you feed your physical body with physical food, you are supposed to feed your spirit with the word of God. If you do that, then the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will use the word in you to regulate your joy and your peace depending on where you are in the will of God. So if you are in the will of God, even without a vision, without a prophecy, you will have peace in your heart and you have fullness of joy. You just know that I mean, God loves it. God approves of it. I am in the will of God. You just know it. Without, it's not every time you must come and find out from pastor, I am, I'm going to marry this woman. I don't know whether it's the will of God or not. You must come to the place where you just know and know that this one, this choice, I have fullness of joy. I have peace of heart. Will somebody get to that place? All right, it's okay for pastor to say that yes, it's true. Yes or no, it's not true. But you as a child of God, if you have brought yourself to a level of maturity, a level of discernment, you can know that this is the right way. This is the wrong way. Unless you don't want to live in the light of God's word. Unless you don't want to live in the scripture. Unless you don't want to live by the truth. But you want to live your own way. But if you are living in the truth and walking with God, you will know. When someone says that, oh, I didn't know. Oftentimes, I'm telling you they are lying. Because there is no way a child of God who has the Holy Spirit, who is living the word of God, will not be prompted by the Spirit of God. When you are taking the initial step, I didn't ever show you. You will just have that butterfly feeling. You just know that God is checking you. He is regulating your joy. He disturbs your joy and disturbs your peace and tell you, hey, watch out. What's all say? I've made up my mind. I'm, I'm going for it. God is prompting you. You want to hear a voice and see a vision before you know God is talking to you? He is talking on the inside because he lives on the inside. He lives on the inside. Every day of your life, God is talking to all of us. You will know. So if a pastor or a prophet is going to talk to a life, what he says will be a confirmation. If he's deceiving you, you will know that, ah, this one, he has backfired. He has prophesied. He didn't prophesy. Somebody say amen. amen. 
That is why I keep telling people that don't let anybody's prophetic word, including prophecy from me, don't let it put you in bondage. If you don't feel comfortable with the word, reject it and be free. Because you won't go to God and say that it was the pastor who told me this, that's why I did it. No, it must be you accountable for yourself. That is maturity. Do you know maturity? One day, I remember in the year 2001, when I wanted to take a very sensitive decision in my life, the Lord said to me that maturity is a stage in life where one takes decisions and makes choices and is prepared to be 100% responsible for the consequences thereof. That's maturity. I said, oh. So he said, hey, the decision you are taking is not for boys. It's for mature people. So until you get mature, you cannot, you cannot step there. So I needed to mature. Hallelujah. I said, maturity is a stage in life. You get to a stage where you take a decision and you make a choice and you are prepared. Some of us take the decision, but we want to blame somebody else for our decision. It won't work. You take a decision, you make a choice, and you are prepared to be 100% responsible for the consequences. Hallelujah. Why do you go and make a decision? We told you this, this will bring trouble. Say, no, no, no. Then you take the decision, you made a choice. When there's trouble, now pastor can sleep. Every dawn you are calling pastor. Pastor should do what? You took the decision. You made a choice. You laid your bed. So you've got to lie on it. I don't know who I'm talking to now. I don't know who I'm talking to. Oftentimes we don't want to take responsibility. Responsibility simply means response to your ability. Give response. You have, you have the ability, but you want somebody else to give response to your ability. You have the ability to say yes and no, and be prepared to say I'm responsible. Don't say oh, like like Adam did. The woman you gave me. Adam blamed both God and the woman and let himself out. That is irresponsibility. Said so the woman you. Did I say I was looking for a woman? The woman you you. He was pointing at using figure at God. You gave me. God said, eh, eh, okay. Watch scripture. Ever since Adam, God has never given any woman to any man again. You've got to look for the woman yourself. Bible says, you who finds a wife, you, you can't find until you search. Is that what the Bible says? Just seek and you find. Ever since Adam, God has never given any woman to anybody again. Check your Bible. You've got to search, seek, and then you will find. When you find, and the thing that agrees with your spirit, you love the woman, the woman loves you, you agree, God says, okay, I bless it, because two are better than one. But you now want to go and take a confirm, you know a confirm, give me five, and then you remove the feathers of a confirm, and then you go and present before God and say, God, this looks like foul. I think it's foul. will you bless my foul? God says, hey, I created all this, I know this give me foul, you are saying it's foul. That's what a lot of us do. We make the choice and we won't go to endorse it. It won't work. If the choice does not agree with your spirit, please say no before you say I do. Because that I do can trouble you for life. I don't know where I've entered though. I don't know where I've entered. Because I'm going somewhere. I just entered somebody's bedroom and I'm talking some things here now. So you have either discernment or deception. And the law of God shouldn't are under the spell. I'm using that word advisedly. Under the spell of deception. They can't tell right from wrong. They can't tell truth from error. They can't tell good from evil. He said those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You can tell that mm, 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 this one, I, I don't agree with him. Yes, it's coming from the pulpit, but this one is not from God. 
May the Lord bless his word in your heart. Alright. I am sure we will discover more. First Corinthians chapter 3 will help us to discover more levels. First Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. Paul said, And I, brethren, could not. Oh, I like that phrase. He didn't say did not. Could not is not the same as did not. Did not means that I chose not to do it. But could not means I tried, but it didn't work. Do you know there are sometimes you want to teach somebody truth, but you just cannot because the person has a warped mind. His mind is warped. You know, warped mentality. He can't get it. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. I don't know whether somebody has gotten to that level. Where until now, you could not. And even now, you are still not able. Then he said in verse 3, For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Meaning we are not mere men. Say, I'm not a mere man. Listen, I know that women will say that, but I'm not a man. A man and a woman, they are both the same. They are, they are both men. The difference is that one has a womb. So we call her womb man. Are you there? Womb man is different from the man without the womb. So, when I say men, when the Bible talks about men here, it's referring to both gender, except that one has a womb. So, womb men, just like female and male, a male with a fetus. One has a fetus, one doesn't have a fetus. So, we have female and male. Am I educating somebody? So, he's talking to both gender here. When he says you are behaving like mere men, it's not referring to only the I know some Bibles, they want to now put it you, know, you are behaving like men and women. No, he's talking to both gender. Yo. Verse 4 says, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Hallelujah. So, what have we identified here? Under stronger, what have you identified? Under stronger, from these verses I just read, under stronger, what have you identified? There are two words that can be just supposed or light side by side. Late side by side. What have you identified? Two ways. Under stronger, what did you identify? Spiritual. Someone says spiritual. And under weaker, what have you identified? Canal. So you are either spiritual or canal. Yeah. And this one you can know yourself. And you define what canality is. Whereas there's division and strife and envy among you, are you not canal and behave like near man? So, for somebody to know whether he's at the level of carnality or spirituality, just check your life. If you always have the divisive tendency, everywhere you go, there's contention. Everywhere you go, there's trouble. Where we are supposed to be adding and multiplying. But whenever you go anywhere, you subtract and divide. That's carnality. Always sowing seeds of discord. Always bringing confusion. By the time you leave an environment, Every community you go and live in, they will hear of you that this man is quarrelsome, this woman is quarrelsome, this man is trouble, contentious. That's carnality. You may think that we are a fighter, but our battle is not against flesh and blood. Everywhere you go, you want to fight, you want to prove that one. Hallelujah. 
says spirituality just opposed with carnality. I remember last year I taught a message like that. Are you spiritual or carnal? Did I? Yeah. So we are looking at stronger. That is spiritual. Who is a spiritual person? Who is spiritual? Okay. I'm sure as we go on, we will find out more about a spiritual person. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. We're going to identify some more levels. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse what? Verse 15. Alright. Second Timothy 2 15. Paul writing to Timothy said. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Let's pause here. Do you know a lot of us want to present ourselves approved to men? That's where we are missing it. If you want man's approval, that is your reward. Never seek man's approval because it's too cheap. After Jesus died, shed his blood for you, and you are not born again, and you want man's approval, everything you are doing is just for man to say, I endorse you. Man's endorsement may not be God's endorsement. So Paul is telling Timothy that, hey, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. First and foremost, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, then he said, rightly dividing the word of truth. Some say rightly dividing the word of truth. That is a spiritual person. A spiritual person is one who can rightly divide the word. What does it mean to rightly divide the word? It means to be able to tell that this is the law, this is grace, this is righteousness of the law, this is righteousness by God through faith. He is able to tell that under this dispensation, it's not everything you read from the Bible that is applicable to the new man in Christ. He's able to tell. Okay. Other than that, you just begin to quote everything because it's in the Bible. Bible said that suffer not a way to leave. So you too, yes, get up. I learned from a prophet somewhere that my mommy is a witch. So I'm going to kill my mom because Bible says suffer not a way to leave. You are not rightly dividing the word of truth. So the word of truth can be rightly divided and it can also be wrongly divided. So under stronger, you put he rightly or she rightly devise the word of truth that's just the, the the one who is spiritual the one who is at the level higher level of the prophetic the stronger level of the prophetic rightly or devise the word of truth rightly rightly devise the word of truth and then under weaker we have what wrongly devise the word of truth and that is why you can bring trouble to yourself have you seen somebody who takes a knife and pierces himself before the word of god is a double-edged sword it can cut here and it can also cut there. Sometimes we use the word against ourselves. We destroy ourselves because we don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. You just pick anything from scripture. He said that once it's in the Bible, it's the word of God. No. There is what we call the word of faith. Paul talks about the word of faith which we preach. We also saw people who were unskilled in the word of righteousness. We are what we call the word of righteousness. In Acts chapter 20 verse 32 for instance, Paul said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. So we are what we call the word of his grace. In John 1 17, okay, you can look at John 1 17. John 1 verse 17. 
John chapter 1, the gospel according to St. John chapter 1 verse 17. Can I read it? He said, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Two things here. The law was given through Moses, the King James says by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What is the difference between the law and then the dispensation that we live under? Can I tell you the difference? Under the law, everything they did was to foreshadow the Messiah who was to come. It was a shadow. All the abolitions they were doing, the sacrifices, the bloodshed year after year, the eat this, don't eat this, eat, you know, for, for instance, on living bread. They were all, oh, Bible talks about we are one bread, we are one body. And Bible talks about the fact that sin is likened to living or living is likened to sin. So, the living bread they were eating was symbolic of purity. All those things were shadow of the real to come. So, under the law, they live under shadows and we have the reality. Truth is reality. Tell you about truth is reality. So, when he says the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, it simply means that those who live under the shadows it was by the law of moses but in christ we have the reality we are in the dispensation of what the bible calls grace and reality it is like can i use um architectural drawing of a building okay you have architectural drawing of a building and then it shows that you have a, a document that says that this is the house this is the entrance but is that a building the architectural drawing is that a building that is just a shadow of the real building if you're holding the drawings of an architectural you know uh, structure and you say that i have a house and you're going about having a house and somebody has the real he's living in that house and he's enjoying it who owns the house i'm asking a question i'm talking about for life not not having a document then one day you can just go and you know remove the person from the house but the person is enjoying in the building and you are holding there you are always enjoying when you take the oh i have a house see me i have a house Meanwhile, somebody's enjoying the house, the shadow, and the real. The question is, which one do you want? Many of God's children are still living under the shadows, whereas we are in the real. They still believe that they must go and do some sacrifices because under the law they were sacrificing, whereas the ultimate sacrifice has been done, and now we have the real. So, when we say levels of the prophetic, you are either living in the shadows or you are living in the real, handling the real. Praise the Lord. Ask your neighbor, where do you belong? All right. So, after devise the word of truth rightly, or rightly devise the word of truth, and wrongly devise the word of truth, we, we are saying, and the stronger, we, we say the spiritual, or the, the one who is stronger in the prophetic, handles the reality. And then, the one who is weaker, lives under shadows. See, I refuse to live under shadows. I want to live in the real. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So the law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Don't live under the law of Moses. It is in the Bible. Fine. We are supposed to learn from them. The Bible says all the things that were written before time were written for our learning. So that we through, you know, the, the, the faith and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. But it doesn't mean that we are supposed to live by them. If a child of God wants to know where to live by all the things that describe us are documented from Romans to Jude. Hallelujah. As I said, 
from Romans to Jude. Even the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were not written for the new man in Christ. They were written as history of what Jesus did when he lived under the law himself. And when he died, he abolished the law. So we can learn a lot from the Gospels, but that is not a true picture of the new man in Christ. The new man in Christ, his pictures are portrayed from Romans to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, all the way to Jude. Hallelujah. You know, we take album and then we check ourselves. Say, ah, this one, this is my picture, this. But we usually don't check our album in the Bible. We have an album. Look at your picture. It tells you you are more than a conqueror. So you say, oh, I'm more than a conqueror. Then I take God by his way. You act on that way. I'm more than a conqueror. You call yourself what God has called you. He says in Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So when you see that picture, you say, I'm blessed with all. You didn't know until he showed you in the album. I said from Romans through Jude. Check your album. That is not to say we don't need the Old Testament. I, I love reading the Old Testament, but I don't dwell there. I don't dwell there. I learn from it. I, I was listening to somebody, or somebody was talking to me rather, and a man was pestering him, okay? Pestering him, a man rather pestering her, and, you know, but by, by, by scriptural standard, what the man wants to do is, is way out of the will of God. In other words, if you are married, you cannot pursue another person and say you want the person also to be your wife. Can that work? So it's our way out of order. Then, when the woman insisted, hey, this thing is wrong, you cannot do that. The man now calls that after all, I don't even know what he said. After all, is it Vasi or whoever was there was a statue? Then I said, hey, man, I don't live in the Old Testament. Those things that are written, does that mean that that becomes a doctrine for the new man in Christ? I'm not condemning somebody in my pulpit. I'm not condemning, but you can't just quote anything just because it's in the Bible and use it to manipulate. Someone say manipulate to deceive. The woman is saying that look, you are married. Yes, you are going through struggles in your marriage, but that doesn't mean that you should just come and bounce on me. Say, oh, when I see you, you know, I believe that the two of us can team up. You know what? You have said I do over there. Why don't you go and repair that one? You want to put your crown in and I'll do It won't work. Says no, but you are wrong. This and this and that. No, after all, that she was there when a statue. Why do we use the word of God against ourselves? But remember, this same word will one day judge us. That is the beauty about our work with God. One day, when we talk about judgment in, in July, you will, you will see that it is the word of the same word we are reading. It's the word that will judge us. So he said, Judge yourself so that you'll not be judged. We can all judge ourselves every day so that on the day of judgment, you will be bold. But when you have not judged yourself on the day of judgment, you you full of shame. See, now even your thoughts will be louder than your ways. Everything about you will be naked before everybody, from Adam to the last saint. All of us will be at the judgment seat of Christ, and everything that you did in your thoughts will be unveiled. I pray God will help all of us, including myself, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Okay, that was just by the way. Let's go to Philippians three nine. We are still looking at so have you written number eight the stronger handles the reality while the weaker leaves under shadows have you written that let's look at the last two the last two philippians 39 philippians chapter 3 verse 9 paul said and be found in him 
not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith have you identified the two just opposed words here I'm asking the question have you identified Paul said and being found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law so we have what we call righteousness from the law that is under weaker righteousness from the law it is called self-righteousness where you believe that I must do this I must do that to be able to attain right in the sight of God God says hey that thing is, is as filthy rags your own righteousness is as filthy rags hallelujah please are you there be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ some say faith in Christ so if you have faith in Christ there is righteousness that is given to you he calls it the righteousness which is from God by faith this was the righteousness Abraham received Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him it was imputed unto him for righteousness Abraham lived before the law mind you he was an ancestor of Moses. It was Moses that brought the law. Long before Moses, Abraham received the righteousness that we have also received by faith alone. This was what Martin Luther discovered in those days. And said, no, 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 no. Why are we preaching in the church righteousness which is by faith and by works? He discovered from the scriptures that no, righteousness must be by grace through faith and faith alone. So he started what we now call the reformation. Hallelujah. And out of it came the Lutheran church and the Anglican church. And then later on we have the Presby and the Methodist and all that. that. Hallelujah. Because if you don't take care, somebody can tell you that, okay, yes, you are the righteous of God, but you must do this, that and that so that you can also be complete in righteousness. It's a lie. Hallelujah. It is a gift. Some say it's a gift. We didn't earn it. We didn't do anything. God made us righteous. Not because we were right, but because we believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, he says, For he has made Jesus to be sent for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So if you are in Christ, you are the righteousness of God. You receive it by grace, through faith. Period. That is what he say. you have the license to live anyhow. No. In fact, when you even discover that you are the righteousness of God, that will make you love him the more and choose to live right because it means you have what it takes to do right. Listen, until the child of God discovers that we cannot do right by ourselves, but we can do right by acknowledging and recognizing that it is God who has made us right on the inside. The reason why we can do right is because you are the righteousness of God. He has given you what it takes to do right. So you go in the right direction because he has programmed you as such. But when you and I want to make effort, I want to, I want to, you see, those days when we were growing up in the faith, that was how they were teaching us. How do I stop sinning? I stop sinning by first acknowledging that, hey, he has made me righteous. Meaning that, ah, I have what it takes to do right. I have what it takes to go in the right direction, to make the right choices, to take the right decisions. Therefore, I do right. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit will enable you to do as such. But when it is now your effort trying to I, 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 I dislike the message of try and stop and stop, try and stop that is not the gospel that is the gospel of self-righteousness the gospel we have received 
has nothing of our input whatsoever. He has already done it and he has made us that way. And now he shows us the pictures in the album. Some of them are scattered in the Old Testament. A lot of them are, are pictured from Romans to Jude. And he says, look at your picture and leave us out. Embrace that revelation and leave us out. But you now want to say, I want to try and stop fornicating. You will fall into fornication, I'm telling you. Because you can't try. You must believe that he has made me right. So I have what it takes to do right. Therefore, I refuse to walk in fornication. Are you getting the difference? We have what we call the righteousness from the law and the righteousness which is of God or from God by faith. May that righteousness you have received in Christ enable you to do right. Empower you to go in the right direction. Make the right choices. Take the right decisions. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh glory. So we are the people who can say like David in Psalm 23. That he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know why? Because you have been programmed that way. You have the wire in you to go in the right direction. Because you are the righteousness of God. So you can do right. Say I can do right. Say from today. I refuse to do wrong. Oh yes. So that's what Paul said. Like, Shall we continue to sin? Because you know uh, the more sin abounds then grace abounds no how shall we who have now been made right to say we are going to do wrong we are not right so we can do right and the bible says in james 1 17 to him that knows to do good and does not do it to him it is what it is sin so if you know that you are the righteous of god and you don't live as such now it means that on the day of judgment you tell you that i gave you the ability to do right but you didn't do it so he can judge you and condemn you may you not receive condemnation on the day of judgment but let it be a commendation that hey you took advantage of your new reality in Christ and you did as such that shall be our story in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah so under nine that is stronger we have the one who is stronger has righteousness from God by faith and under weaker we have what has righteousness from the law hmm how is things the righteousness from the law the righteousness from the law is said that if you offend in one area of the law, you have offended all. So if you are a type who wants to live by Moses' law, it's okay. Listen, everything in Moses' law is encapsulated in one word. It's called love. And Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God is shut abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if you have the love of God in you, you will not take the name of the Lord in vain. You will love your neighbor as yourself. You will find, you understand? It is love. Bible says all the law is fulfilled in one word. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And the Bible says on this, hang you know, the law and the prophets. Love. All about the Old Testament is about love. The summary of the Old Testament is love. And love became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when he came on the scene, he showed us the love heart of the Father. When you see Jesus, you have seen love. When you see Jesus, you have seen the Father. So now we are not, we are not struggling to live right. We have that person living on the inside. Say, I can do right because Christ lives on the inside of me. Oh, glory be to God. Are you finding your level? I'm asking the question, are you finding your level? Okay, let me summarize with the last one, then we can pray. The last one is in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Oh. Of all that I've said, the summary of it is in Galatians 4, 1. The book of Galatians, 
chapter 4, the verse 1. Paul, writing to the church of Galatia, said, Now I say that the heir, I hope you know the heir. Now I say that the heir, we are heirs, the heir, as long as he is a child. And the Greek word here again is nepios, something nepios. Have you seen that all throughout he's talking about a baby, an infant, or you know, a mature one who is feeding on solid food? So the heir, yes, it is true, you are a child of God. It is true you have the Holy Spirit. It is true you are the righteousness of God. It is true that you have the life of God in you. But as long as he is an appeals, an infant, a babe, a naive, inexperienced person, still feeding on milk, Bible says about him, he said, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. Mm. Can you identify the two words here? What are the two just opposed words? Master and who? Slave. Jesus. Do you know who a master is? Someone who is in charge. And in Christ Jesus, listen, child of God, you are either in charge or in chains. A slave is always in chains. He is in chains to sin, to sickness, to poverty, to every damnable thing that can control the people of this world. If, and he didn't say if, he said as long there's a difference between if. He didn't say the heir if he's a child. If means that on condition that he's a child. But as long as he's a child means that he is expected to grow with time because growth is not automatic. This is six months in the year of the prophetic. God has expected that we should grow. But the heir, we have inherited so much in Christ. But as long as you remain in the pills, still feeding on milk, an infant, a babe, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine where you, you, you fall prey to deception he says that you are not different he does not differ at all from a slave so the question is what then is the difference you are a child of God but why are you suffering what slaves also suffer those who are not in Christ God considers them slaves because they are slaves to sin and yet they don't know I'm glad next week Sunday I'm teaching on what I call the gospel simplified some say the gospel simplified you will discover that the one who is not born again, it doesn't matter what he has achieved in his life. So long as the sin nature has not been washed away, sin is the nature of the devil. It means that Satan still has dominion over his life. Yet he may not know because Satan may not show himself and say, I'm your master. He may not show. But the day you leave this earth, that is the day you find yourself going to hell. So, ah, but I thought that I, I live right. I build schools for people. I gave scholarship. I help people. Why am I going to hell? It was simply because the sin nature was still there. And so long as you have the signature, Satan is your master. Are you getting the difference? So next week, we are teaching on the gospel simplified so that we can carry this good news to the ends of the earth because Jesus is expecting us to do it so that the end shall come. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So what is the picture here? You are either a master at a stronger level or a slave at a weaker level. And unfortunately, very unfortunately, many of God's children slaves slaves slave to sin and yet in Christ he says sin shall not have dominion over you yes when you are a child because you do not know your rights and your privileges you will find yourself as you are as a baby is learning how to walk he rises and he falls down so but at a point in time the child is expected to stand upright 
and now do work. Don't fall again. But when a child of God is so struggling with today, he falls in sin, and the next day he gets out of sin, chances are that he is still a babe. He's still feeding on milk. He's still being spoon fed. He's still being breast. I mean, he's still being breastfed. Waiting for somebody to bring a teaching that will groom him. He is not building his own spiritual life. Paul said in Acts 20, verse 32, he says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word of God, the word of his grace can build you up if you attend to it yourself. It will build you up. And if it builds your spiritual life up, it will build every area of your life up. Your marriage, your finances, your career, your business, your health. It will build you up and give you an inheritance among all them who are sanctified. Say, I'm sanctified. Do you know, in 1 Corinthians 11, it says that you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified. So he's talking about us. The word of God can build you up. If you use the word of God that you will receive daily, you will have your senses exercised, your spiritual senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And you will make the right choices, take the right decisions. I know, beginning from July till December, there will be a lot of solemnization of holy matrimony in this house, this very house. Hallelujah. You didn't shout a bigger amen. Oh, yes. And a lot of them already they themselves know that they are in the will of God. And the leadership also knows that they are in the will of God. But there are many more who are going to make choices and take decisions without conferring with any pastor or any big man anywhere. You just know that this one is the will of God. My heart says is yes. Hmm? I said my heart says what well, is yes. You just know. I said ever since Adam, God has never chosen for anybody. You will never. If you are waiting for God to say that this is your wife, hey, you wait till the rapture. I'm telling you. Because he will not do it again. He can only guide you. That's why he gave us his Holy Spirit. To guide us into all truth. So he guides you, but he doesn't force it on you. He doesn't, he doesn't superimpose himself on you. The Holy Spirit never does that. He guides us. He prompts you. He, he, he regulates your joy. If it's in the will of God, he will just give you fullness of joy. And if it's not the will of God, he will disturb your joy. When you sleep, you can't sleep. You just know that there's something wrong. That's telling that red means stop. Yellow means get ready. And green means what? Go, 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 and go. Many of us have the red light in our spirit. But we are still following. Say, I'm, uh, no, I'm when you cross red light, you are likely to be arrested by the police. Don't let any police arrest you because you cross red light. God is giving you the red light. You just know that a day and yet, and yet also a man out there. Hey, to him, Bible says, to him that is often reproved and hardens his heart shall one day be destroyed without remedy. You will not suffer destruction. I said, you will not suffer destruction. May God give us the sense of discernment. The sense of maturity. When we have become master. He says, the heir, as long as he is a child, is not different or does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all. The King James says, he is Lord of all. So we are supposed to be master of all. Master over sickness. Master over poverty. Master over sin. Master over everything that rules the people of this world. We are supposed to be in charge. Not in chains to those same things. Say, I refuse to be in chains. I refuse. So, I'm asking the question, yet not I. I know that same question came to me first before any other person. What is your level in the prophetic? 
I am sure by now you can identify your level. Can you? You know yourself. I also know myself. Hallelujah. I pray that in the next half of this year, the year of the prophetic, you will achieve God's will for your marriage. You will achieve God's will for your spiritual life. You will achieve God's will for your career. You achieve God's will for your business. You achieve God's will for your health. You achieve God's will for your finances. You achieve God's will for your academic life. You achieve God's will for your family, for your investments, for your traveling business, for your vehicle business, for your for your real estate business. May God's dream for you come to pass in the name of Jesus. So that by the close of this year, when we do final assessment, this is interim assessment. But by the close of this year, we have to do final assessment. We can look back and say that, ah, in the year of the prophetic, it's not a slogan. It is a mandate that we must achieve. So when we are doing the final assessment, you can say that in the year of the prophetic, I achieve A, B, C, D to Z in the will of God. That's how be your success story. That's how be your testimony.